Dan Campbell for Coach of the Year. Justin Houston, could he be a lion? A bunch of questions for Brad Spielberger today on a Tuesday, Locked on Lions. You are Locked on Lions, your daily Detroit Lions podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's happening, everybody? Matt Derry with you. It is the Locked On Lions on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every single day on a Tuesday, March 19th, and a Wednesday, I should say December 19th, and a Wednesday, December 20th. Matt Derry with you. Brad Spielberger with us today from PFF. Follow him on Twitter at PFF underscore Brad. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen and checking us out wherever you get your podcasts here on this Tuesday edition. Please subscribe and like us as well. And follow us each and every day and watch us on our Locked on Lions YouTube channel. A lot to get into today, but first, Locked on Lions brought to you by our friends at Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use code Locked on NFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, Brad is with us from PFF. We love pro football focus. Mr. Spielberger, what's happening, buddy? Hey, you know, living the dream. I got the, the free agent list coming out, uh, but that's not, hey, Detroit, for the first time in a while, not looking ahead to the offseason. We're, we're in the thick of things here uh, in the NFC playoff picture. <laughs> for the free agency list, that this, we're still in the season. All right. By the way, Jonah Jackson, he's got to be what, top 10? Is he somewhere there? <laughs> uh, he's top 100. He's top 100. All yeah. right. Yeah. Well, t- I would hope so. <laughs> yeah yeah no good 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 young guard it's a, it's a very good and we're, we're going off the rails now very good free asian guard class anyway anyway <laughs> yes no spoilers no spoilers uh for the piece all right um real fast so you, right as we're hitting record here justin houston released by carolina i didn't even know he was still in the league and when, when you're on the panthers a lot of people don't know you're still in the league but could that be a late season uh, signing for the lions it would cost them what just like 200 grand for the rest of the year yeah, it certainly could be. Um, well, so he got waived, and, and he was on a one-year $6 million deal because uh, Carolina just just didn't really know where they were at a, as a team. Uh, so it would cost a little bit more than that. But I, I imagine he clears waivers, and then apparently he said he'd be willing to go to a contender to keep playing football. Yeah, that, at that point, you probably sign a veteran minimum um, to bring him aboard, and you prorate that over a couple of weeks. So, yeah, it, the six figures for sure. And look, obviously, like you said, didn't even know he was still playing. He's only played 175 snaps this year with 10 pressures and one sack. But even though he's in his mid-30s, like the last couple of years before this year, he's been a productive player, um, has been able to get home. And I think opposite of an Aiden Hutchinson with not a lot of attention, he'd make some big high leverage plays, you know, when it mattered. It's interesting. It could be Houston and Houston both coming in because James Houston coming back from injury pretty soon. Justin Houston as well. Lions have some, and I mentioned this yesterday, Brad, have some interesting roster spots that they're going to have to give up because Hendon Hooker has to stay in the active roster. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson's coming back. Jason Cabinda's coming back. They're fullback. And all of a sudden, after Saturday night, people feeling very good about where the Lions are after blowing out the Broncos. But it's it's good. To, I guess it's a good problem to have, right, when you're figuring out who you're going to let go. No, definitely, definitely is. It's uh, it's always nice. Like I said before the show, this is not matter. No, it's it's all about right now and the playoff push. Um, having James Houston come back and really bring like that juice that he's had in, in years past, like it's exactly what they need right now too. I think as a designated pass rusher, 
that guy that can pin his ears back on passing downs and just like is a specific role sure but it's exactly what they need right now so last night we we're all watching the monday night game and if philly held had held on the lions would have clinched a playoff spot give seattle credit drew Locke, uh matt patricia that was a nice job uh <laughs> Do it doing his thing, right? Um, so the line's still waiting, but th- look, it's like 99% they're going to the playoffs. How do you view this playoff bound Lions team right now? Yeah, man, uh, I, I think it was an important bounce back, you know, against the Denver offense. It isn't the greatest, but Sean Payton's called a good good uh football for them, really just taking away a lot of the, the bad plays that Russell Wilson made in this game um, is what he's been trying to avoid. It's a lot of uh, throwing underneath, trusting the tight ends, the running backs to get a bunch of targets um, and just kind of have these slow, sustained drives. And then you see the occasional deep shot to a Cortland Sutton here and there. So and there was some of that, you know, you know, Jerry Judy kind of running after the catch and making a couple nice plays on slants and, and, and stuff like that was, you know, it was notable, but I think just keeping everything, everything in front of you, uh, timely turnovers, Stopping the run in particular, um, you know, with Javon, whether it was Javante Williams, Jalen McLaughlin, like it was good to see the Sutton on Sutton battle. Uh, I think Cameron Sutton, you know, kind of won that one out. And, and, and Cortland Sutton's been productive uh, the last couple months in Denver. So it was the bounce back you needed. And then, I mean, yeah, the Broncos defense hasn't been a total turnstile the last month or two either. Um, and, you know, five touchdown passes from Jared Goff. Uh, always good to get him back on track. And obviously was slumping a little bit. I thought he was. You know, cool, calm, collected. I think in years past with Goff, a stretch of bad games could have snowballed to more bad games, and he kind of maybe had worse footwork in the pocket or been antsy or kind of thrown it early. He still just looks like, hey, it's my job. I know it's my job. Just work through it, play through it, and I think you saw that in this game. You mentioned Goff just having time and really just being comfortable in the pocket, kind of picking apart that Denver secondary for the five touchdowns, three of them to Sam Laporta. Let's start with Goff. Um now, do you feel like, especially with all these games going to be indoors, at least until they get to the postseason and if the Lions win the division, which they should, well, they'll get another indoor game. But you feel better about golf than you maybe did like a couple of weeks ago in Chicago? Yeah, the indoor thing's huge and not just for home field advantage. We make the jokes, but all jokes aside, like, yeah, like he does have some issues in the elements. You know, he's a California kid and and, and has smaller hands like it's it, it impacts players, not just him. Um, so it would be a great boost to have some games in a dome. No question about it. I also think it just makes sense with the offense like you and the biggest thing that I've noticed, one of the coolest things I've seen in a couple of years, like Jameson Williams is now like an every snap guy, like the guy is running routes on 80, 90 percent of the of the snaps for them at this point of the last couple of weeks. And you're seeing that explosive ability that he brings to the game. And I think golf needed that. Like they were they were getting a lot out of Josh Reynolds, which was nice to see. You obviously have Khalif Raymond who brings that explosive element. But I think what happened was over the course of the season, teams realized, okay, Ben Johnson is a run first offensive coordinator and they're going to have play action shots off of that. But it was underneath the Amon Ross St. Brown. It was underneath the Sam Laporta. And I think defense is kind of condensed a little bit. You saw it in Chicago, a lot of single high, brisker coming down in the box, making plays over the middle of the football field. To add that speed threat, I think it just opens everything back up again. Um, and, and I think it's been a huge boost to golf because he has arm talent. He can he can sling it you know, down the field. And so it's a legit threat. And it just makes everything else easier for him too. You mentioned the Bears. Sorry. <laughs> Your boys have, I mean, Mooney, I don't know how he doesn't catch that ball. That would have been unbelievable. Oh, my goodness. I mean. No, no words. <laughs> no, no words is fair. The, the funny thing, too, is that legitimately may have been the third worst drop of the day for the Bears, too, is the crazy part. 
Um, you know, Robert Tunyon probably had a touchdown if, if he was fast enough to run to the end zone. Uh, he had a touchdown on a bomb from Justin Fields. That was a perfect throw. The rookie Tyler Scott had a ball hit him in the hands. That it would have been a 20, 30 yard gain. So yeah, depressing loss. Uh, the AFC play, the wild card teams are all mad at us. You know, Colts, Texans, Jaguars, whatever. They're all the Bengals, etc. They're not happy with the Bears right now. Um, hey, two top five picks. We'll, we'll take that for now. By the way, it wouldn't even come down to that if Mooney just blocks that that corner on the on the fourth down play for Fields run it rolling out. I mean, he's not. That was not a good day for that poor kid. <laughs> it's been a frustrating, yeah, frustrating season for him. He's talented, but it, it has not been a good year for him. I, you mentioned Laporta before we did. Where are you ranking him? And it's not just rookies. Forget forget he's a rookie anymore. I mean, we're talking Kelsey and Kittle. I mean, is Laporta like top five in your mind right now, tight ends in this game? Yeah. You know, I still think, not that he's like a liability as a blocker, but I still think that at times is a bit of a tell to where, you know, if he's on the field, if Brock Wright, you know, or other guys on the field, they're probably going to run the ball. And if Laporta's out there, it's it's a heavy, you know, pass concentration. But I think he can still get in the way of guys. I think he knows the assignment. It's not that he's blowing blocking assignments. It's more, look, he's a, he's a rookie tight end. So that will come along. Um, and look, not like TJ Hawkinson or, you know, uh, Travis Kelsey are, are exactly displacing defensive ends and stuff like that too. He's, he's good on the move as a blocker. If they, if they pull him across the line of scrimmage or do different things like that, get him ahead of steam, um, with motion, you know, small motions in the slot, stuff like that. I think he can block well as a pass catcher. Yeah. He's a, he's a clear cut top five tight end. There is no question about it. Um, I mean, it's there. It's uh, he's a go-to on third downs uh, on long distances. Like it's not that he's catching a bunch of tunnel screens and just making guys miss in space. Like he is a downfield weapon, contested catch ability, yards after the catch ability. Yeah, he's he's a stud. He really is. It's been uh, it's been great to watch. I'm more with Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus. We'll do that coming up next. I want to ask him about the Coach of the Year race. I have seen four or five different things on social media today with different names. This is going to be some kind of race. I want to get Brad's thoughts on it with Dan Campbell, of course, in the mix as well. We'll do that coming up next. First of all, let's talk about game time. Best app there is to get tickets, folks. Got them uh, this past weekend when I went to the Indiana-Kansas uh, basketball game. Fantastic stuff. Shouldn't have to worry about when you're buying tickets for your next big event. And that could be sports, could be music, comedy, theater events. Killer last-minute deals and everything you need right there at game time. It's the app. All in prices. Views from your seat and their best price guaranteed. Game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. Again, the views from your seats and the venues, that's the best. You know exactly where you are going to sit, including in Section J, Row 25, where I was Saturday at Assembly Hall. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event and even after an hour, uh, even after an hour after it starts. It's the place to find last-minute seats. Game time app, it's the best. Download it, create an account, Use code LOCKDOWNNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account. Redeem the code LOCKDOWNNFL for $20 off. Download game time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Our man Brad Spielberger is uh, with us. By the way, Brad, you'll find this funny. One of my listeners or viewers, the last time you were on, and I know you're shaking your head, Said, oh, you had Mike Greenberg on your show. Have you had have you gotten that before? Greeny. No, I've never gotten Greeny. No? I don't know if I love that one. No, do <laughs> you think I look like Greeny? That's what he said. He's like, Oh, Matt Derry had Mike Greenberg on. And I wrote the guy back and I rarely respond, but uh, I on the Lockdown Lions account, I just said, No, it's Brad Spielberg. <laughs> You've not gotten that one before? 
I've never gotten that one. This is funny. I've gotten Aaron Rodgers probably what? half a dozen, probably half a dozen times in my life. My really? wife can, can, yeah, my wife can attest to it. I hear it, strangers in bars like, "Hey, you look like Aaron Rodgers." I'm like, "I'm a Bears <laughs> fan, but thanks." Um, I'll tell you, it's happened. It's happened a lot of times. <laughs> oh my gosh! All right, so Mike, you can add uh, ask your wife take take a photo on your phone to Greenberg and see what. Uh, <laughs> I'd rather have you on than him anyway. We would just talk. I Jeff appreciate that. I Jeff appreciate 25 that. minutes. All right. Uh, let's talk. Um, all right. Coach of the year. This is interesting. I've seen people stumping for Stefanski, Steichen. Both deserve it. Sean McVay got a lot of love today. I, I'm trying to remember. It was John Ledyard or one of those guys wrote that today on Twitter. Obviously, Dan Campbell. How do you how do you size up coach of the year? And do you think Dan is the leader in the clubhouse right now? up there for sure it's interesting Steichen is, is in the conversation you mentioned Stefanski they're kind of similar right the the working through having a backup quarterback and how they navigate that situation both have been exceptional in doing so but I, I think Stefanski's knock will be Jim Schwartz has kind of been the difference and that defense becoming an elite defense not really Stefanski and again he has been creative their screen game has been exceptional they've been working with you know the, the stylistic changes between a Dorian Thompson Robinson and a Joe Flacco all those things same with Shane Steichen. Leads the NFL in RPO rate, way up there in play action. Really, really good run game no matter who's running the football. Uh, they've been picking up chunk plays there. So, you know, I think those guys make sense. But I'm kind of more in the camp of, like, I do want to pick – I think we fall in love with those candidates too often. Oh, like, he had to overcome adversity and, like, he got right. more out of the roster. That Like, no, give me a guy who, like, had a dominant team or had a really, really good football team – I think Dan Campbell is in that conversation. There's no question about it. You're developing young talent from where they started to where they are now. Even the first half of last season, just leaps and bounds of growth and development across this roster. Um, McVay is an interesting one. I mean, I think it's fascinating that he just changed his entire offense. Like we talk about the Shanahan tree, McVay is no longer a member. He he just gave he gave in his placard. Uh, he runs a gap heavy scheme. He sits back in shotgun. Like he doesn't do the, the, the Shanahan tree stuff anymore, which is pretty cool to see. So. I think Dan Campbell, I would still put Shane Steichen in there. And then lastly, you know, Kyle Shanahan, uh, he's not going to win it because I think we just, we have Kyle Shanahan fatigue. But I mean, that team is the most dominant team in football for my money. What about D'Amico Ryans? I've seen his name too. I mean, no one expected Houston to be this good, right? Definitely deserving. Yeah, no question about it. Um, him and Bobby Sloak, the offensive coordinator, have both been incredible. Um, you know, just just not a lot of talent on that team. Like, even like they have more talent or they have less talent than Indy and like some of the other teams we talk about. Sure, quarterback's been a problem, but like the, the trench talent on the defensive side for Houston, what they've been able to do with the rookie Will Anderson, a breakout year for Jonathan Grenard, like good play from the interior defenders. Um, you know, and then a patchwork back seven that's been really, really good. Yeah, D'Amico is definitely in the conversation too. It's interesting with Dan Campbell because I, I think he's got a good chance, and especially if they win the division, but the expectations were pretty high. The division's bad. Uh, we're going to see what Minnesota's all about two of the next three games, but um, just, you know, especially this past Saturday night, I mean, they he ran it up on his mentor. I mean, I kind of enjoyed that. It was like, hey, we're going to go for it, and not only that, we're going to throw. And, and Sean Payton didn't seem to have a problem with it. I mean, that never happens here where our, our coach is kind of the badass, you know? 
I loved it. I loved the fourth down at port, fourth and two, uh, not only because Sam Laporte is on my fantasy team. I liked it for other reasons outside of that. Sure. But no, I think those guys in their relationship, like I think Peyton probably loved it too. Not in the moment. I'm sure he was like, F this guy. But I think after he was <laughs> like, yeah, I wanted to raise a guy that like twists a knife and like has that killer mentality, that killer instinct. Peyton would do that 110 times out of 100 times in, in his own right to his mentors and, and things like that. So it was with passing the torch moment. They were you know, all lovey-dovey pregame, and then I'm sure we're kind of bickering and whatnot throughout. But yeah, no, it's it's not disrespectful. It honestly, if anything, I think is a sign of respect. Of like, I want to put you, I want to put this game completely and totally away. Close the door, slam the door shut. Obviously, Aaron Glenn is also, you know, the, these are all Saints guys um, across this staff. So I think Glenn should be fired up with his performance against Sean Payton's offense too. Uh, no, I, I loved it. Lions are going to get the Vikings this coming Sunday. They win in Minnesota and they uh, win the division. Like we've talked about first time since 1993 and they've never won uh, the NFC North. What are your thoughts on the Vikings? They're going back to Nick Mullins who at times looked decent on Saturday against the Bengals, but those two red zone picks uh, were pretty bad. I know there's some Lions fans, Brad, that feel like good. We're not going to have to face Dobbs. We'll just run because as you know, watching those Lions Bears games, Fields had his way, but what are your thoughts on Minnesota? Yeah, it's a struggle right now. I mean, it really, really is. Mullins, the, the interception off of, uh, you know, like the defender's face and then his own butt. It was like butt fumble Mark Sanchez level uh, of, a, of a silly play. It's tough. I mean, Dobbs was struggling too. And I don't know if we get some, maybe some Jaron Hall mixed into this game, but it it does help now that Jefferson's back. You, know, you had Jefferson, Addison, Hawkinson all together playing good football for the first time. I think that will buoy the situation a little bit. Maybe right tackle Brian O'Neill returns, and that's a massive, massive potential matchup with Aiden Hutchinson, where obviously he likes to line up for a lot of the plays. So, I mean, I, I lean heavily in Detroit's favor. I, I just think Minnesota's kind of reeling right now, and, you know, Detroit is surging. This Flores defense has been awesome. He's gotten more out of his talent probably than any coordinator in football, frankly. But I think maybe teams are slowly starting to catch on. It's, it's blitzing or dropping eight. And if the quarterback is prepared, knows what he's looking at, you know, takes the check down, a lot of screen game to kind of throw them off with other other pressure. You can work around it. And you saw the Bengals in real time kind of adjust to the situation. A lot of throws the boundary. Um, they kind of clog the middle at times and, and try to get turnovers and, and, and cause havoc. You've seen it now, right? So so I, I think Detroit should handle this game. And the last piece, just run the football. I mean, just run the ball like you have been with both backs. Um, they, they should have 25-plus combined carries. Uh, and I think that'll be a recipe for success. What do you think about the op the opportunity that the Lions could have of playing a team three times in four weeks with Minnesota if the Vikings uh, hang on to one of those playoff spots and the Lions end up getting them in either three six or the two seven? Yeah, <laughs> I mean it's always tough to beat a team three times, right? Like it's always you just know so much about each other, and it comes down to matchups. It's very very specific. I think that's the last piece for me where I mentioned earlier, Jamison Williams was like barely a part of the first one. He'll certainly be part of this one. I think that is also an element of like how you counter and beat this, this Brian Flores aggressive defense. You can get him the ball and he can make players miss even like on the end around touchdown. He scored with the, the, the diving into the end zone the other day, like just manufacture touches that kind of mitigates their pressure um, is how you do it and how you beat them. Before Jamar Chase went out, it was a lot of quick outs to him. You know, Tyler Boyd was involved over the middle for the Bengals. And then Chase Brown, their, their young running back, a lot of these screen passes and and quick outs, quick touches. So, yeah, it should be a Gibbs and Jamison Williams type of, 
you know, focal point, just get speed um, and, and shifty players in space against their, their, you know, their secondary. Flores has done a heck of a job. And so is, so is KOC because, I mean, seven and seven. I know it's a weak NFC and other divisions no good, but like, it's not horrible. I mean, they're right there. They can make the playoffs, and you're thinking, wait a minute, no Kirk Cousins for all the most of the season, no Justin Jefferson for a lot of the season. That would be an accomplishment for the Vikings, wouldn't it? Absolutely. No, I guess we should have probably brought up his name too, but I really think like coordinator of the year, if that's an award, I think it is. Um, Flores should be like the heavy favorite. And I know the defense, like I said, last couple of weeks, it's, it's regressing a little bit. Some better opponents can pick on them, but I mean, they don't have talent. <laughs> like, like Daniel Hunter's a great player, you know, some veterans like a Harrison Smith, sure, but it's probably two a man, the least talented defense in the NFL are certainly on the short list. And they're like top 10 in, in you know, EPA per play going into that game. It's also just running a scheme that just has never been run in the NFL before. Like it's it, it's it's really really impressive and cool to see. Um, yeah, the Vikings should be proud of their season as well. Maybe they can get hot and, and sneak in the playoffs. You know, with Justin Jefferson back in the fold, he looked like Justin Jefferson uh, on Saturday. All right, so the Lions currently sit in that three spot, the three seed with three to go. I want to ask Brad about where he sees the Lions in the pecking order of the NFC. We will do that. After we tell you about LinkedIn Jobs and you're hiring for your small business, you want to have as many top-tier candidates as possible to interview, that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. It's very simple. You just uh, throw your job up there. You put that purple hashtag hiring frame and job uh, applications come in. It's great. Everybody's on LinkedIn. It's not just another job board. It's a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Hiring is easy, too, when you have that many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That's linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Final couple questions for Brad Spielberger from PFF. Lions at three right now, Brad. Dallas ahead of them. Of course, San Francisco. How do you you view this situation that the Lions are in right now? Yeah, you know, I think San Fran's going to pull away with it now and probably, you know, lock up the one seed in the NFC. Not the toughest schedule going forward, and I think they will get that done. The The door's open for the rest of the way, though, right? I mean... Philly does have a very, very soft schedule to close out. I think both Giants games and another weak opponent. So they should. I know they're reeling right now, but they should be able to finish it out. Um, Dallas has some tough games still, right? I mean, Dallas still has Miami on the schedule, um, which will be a fascinating game. No question about it. Maybe the Lions can, you know, find a way to sneak up to the two seed potentially, um, you know, if everything kind of breaks their way. But, you know, division pretty much locked up, which is great to see. And maybe there's a case to be made for, you know, why quibble over two through four? If San Fran's going to lock it down and you're not going to get the bye, get some guys healthy, rest some players, get ready for a home playoff game. Um, it could almost kind of work out nicely in that in that way where, let's say the Eagles and Cowboys kind of close the door. All right, we'll just kind of take week 18 lightly. We'll get everybody healthy, get ready to go. Um, that could be a kind of a nice outcome in the in the grand scheme of things. You've been known to uh, wager a little bit at times. Uh, Lions and Eagles, if they were playing on a neutral site field, let's say Thursday night or or even next Sunday, where would you lean? Oh, it would definitely be inside of a field goal. There's no question about that. Um, You know, is is the neutral field a a dome? uh... (laughs) Sure, sure. 
Good weather conditions. Yes. Let's good, do yeah, it. Yeah. Good conditions. Yeah. I think I honestly would as of right now, right this second, like I probably would do Detroit like minus one and a half. I mean, it's, it's going to be a small spread. It's going to be, um, you know, like I said, inside of a field goal. So it's kind of negligible because Philly right now without Darius Slay, obviously, you know, Lions legend. Um, I mean, their defense is, is as, as porous and problematic as Detroit's is. And yeah, they have better pass rush, you know, better, inter- you know, better defensive line overall, but they're so easy to pick on, especially over the middle. There's the slot coverage is, is terrible. Their linebackers, you know, are, are not in the same class. And obviously, it's not a strength per se for Detroit. You know, Anzalone's been good. Campbell's coming along, but they're better than than Philly for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just love the line safeties always have. So yeah, a, a slight favorite, but I, the Eagles' offense is kind of reeling. But I think points, points, points would be my my prediction for that one. I think it'd be like minus Detroit minus one and a half with a total of like 49 and a half, 50 and a half. I've said it on the show for months. The last thing I want to see is Matthew Stafford come back and play in a playoff game. The Lions finally hosting for the first time in 30 years. And we got to get that back here and McVay and Kelly Stafford and the whole shebang. I'm against it. I don't want to see it, but the way the Rams are playing right now, should the Lions be wanting to play Minnesota or the Rams or Seahawks? You know, if you're a Lion fan, who do you want to see? Anyone but the Rams. Anyone but the Rams. Yeah, I think Matthew Stafford is playing as well as any quarterback in the NFL right now. And look, the roster is not great. Like you could, the Lions should be able to run the football, especially off tackle, just like run down their throat. Um, just avoid Aaron Donald and just point Jameer Gibbs or David Montgomery and say go, and they'll probably get five yards. So, like, there is that element to it. But yeah, I would. I, simple answer. I, I would want to play the Rams. Stafford is playing so well right now. On third and fourth down, on throws 10-plus yards downfield over the last month. He's top 10 in every Cisco category we track. Um, and, and like, they're, they're growing. The interior of that offensive line has gotten better over the course of the year. Aiden Hutchinson would would get some 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 pressures, no question about it. But they'd chip him a ton. They would just help on that side. Yeah, I, I don't like that matchup a whole lot for, for Detroit. Brad, great to see you as always. We appreciate you uh, having on. Uh, you, Dave, the whole crew at PFF is uh, great. Uh, Steve and uh, Mr. Monson on the, on the pod is awesome too. So, uh, thanks so much as always. Thanks for having me. Brad Spielberger with us, the, uh, the guru when it comes to free agency and the cap and everything else at pro football focus here on a Tuesday edition of locked on lines.